Hello, friends, and welcome to the Bikes or Death podcast. My name is Patrick, and I am your host. And today, I'd like to start off by thanking my newest patrons. We got Ryan E., Bruce H., Rich O., and Paul A., all new to Patreon since the last episode. Thank you guys so much for stepping up and helping to support the Bikes or Death podcast. It is very much appreciated. And if you're interested in supporting the show, you can head over to bikesordeath.com and there's all kinds of ways to uh, get on board and help me to keep on pumping out awesome content for your earbuds. All right, everybody, I'm going to be real brief today. Uh, first off, my guest is Sofian, who really needs no introduction. Uh, he started off this year with a bang at Atlas Mountain Race by taking first. Then COVID hit, and he wasn't able to ride his bike for quite a bit of time, no training, just completely off. Finally, some of the restrictions were lifted, and racing was able to take place in certain parts of the world, and he didn't hesitate to hop on that train. So he hit the Hope 1000 in June. Then he did the Three Peaks in July, and he was fresh off the French Divide that he just completed, what, two, three days ago? He has been on an absolute tear. He is so much fun to talk to. And what can I say about Sofian? He is one of the most charismatic, um, hard on his sleeve, badass human beings uh, that is on the planet, as far as I'm concerned. The guy is seemingly almost unstoppable, inhuman. It doesn't make sense. And I'm so stoked that I got a chance to talk to him. And yeah, like I said, I'm going to be brief because I recorded this interview this morning and uh, I'm ready for you to hear it. I am so excited. Uh, plus, I have a three-year-old in the next room that is walking in right now and she's promised to be very quiet. Are you going to be quiet, Sloan? Oh, she's going to be very quiet. All right, everybody. That's it for me. Uh, let's get right to the show. You load up your bike, you ride away from home. You could be with your friends or you could be alone. You ride for a day or maybe more. You just love being in the great outdoors. Everything you need is strapped to your bars, including that new pillow you got from Santa Claus. And then you think... Oh shit to yourself. You left that super lightweight tent on the living room shelf. Bikes. Man, at this point, you're like a professional podcaster. You've probably done more podcasts than me at this point. Well, I've done a lot of podcasts after the Atlas Mountain Race, actually. It was like nonstop. Like everybody wanted to talk to me about that race. Yeah, it's crazy. You're like the most, um, the the most like well seen uh, or most accessible bike pack racer. Maybe is the best word. I don't know if other people are declining interviews or if you're just uh, getting all the requests, but they're popping up everywhere. Yeah, I mean it's 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 fun. You know, I like I like to talk about the sport. I like to talk about my experience. So whenever someone has questions, I'm just happy to answer. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. I appreciate you being uh, accessible. I mean, you freaking just got off of a, a huge effort and, um, you know, taking some time to chat. So I, I appreciate it, man. It's nice to, um, you're always so like generous with um, everything, your time, uh, sharing your experiences, both through like podcast. I mean, there's, you know, written articles and those kind of deals. And then uh, but even just like on Instagram, you know, like you're so accessible, like all the time. 
Uh, it's pretty pretty cool because, like, as you know, I mean, there's just dot watching. So if you don't have this other media surrounding it, then it's kind of you don't really know. You know, you don't really know what the athletes are going through or what's in their head or how hard it is and all that kind of stuff. You know, so um, yeah, it's cool watching watching you go down the road. Yeah, I mean, it's just if you just look at at the dots, it feels really abstract, and and I feel it's it's important when you when you start being uh, in the front and you spend a lot of time in the front i mean people and you start start having a lot of following people just want to know what's happening in the race you know how you feel is it hard is it okay are you having fun are you getting rained on are you are you just you know pouring sweat or and you know i like it i like to to, to take a little bit of time to share with the with the dot watchers and 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 just you know, tell them what's happening out there. And, and, you know, usually I'm having fun and, uh, and that's, I like to, I like to share that with the, with the dot watchers and, and everyone that follows me and just, just tell them that I'm having a blast and, and it's, it's what I like to do is just being out there on my bike. And that's the reason why I do it. Yeah. I was curious, like about your Instagram one as a fan, I really appreciate it. You're hilarious. Um, but I mean, you wear your heart on your sleeve. Like you'll get the the funny sleep monster monologue that you just did that cracked me up. You get the singing, you know. But you also like you wear your heart on your sleeve, and you tell people, you know, if you're having a good day or a bad day or whatever. And one as a fan, I'm like stoked. I love. Um, you're my favorite person to watch on Instagram as the dots are going along. I mean, it's Thank so you. entertaining. No, I, I mean that. Uh, I look forward to it. You're you're, you're like uh, you're, you're quite entertaining. I mean, you're a really neat guy. You're interesting. You're really good at what you do. Um, you know, uh, and and so getting a, a look inside of what is actually happening is is pretty incredible. Um, but my question is like. Do you ever worry about giving away too much information to like your competitors, you know? Because if you're in the lead, I don't know. Do you ever worry about that? Uh, sometimes I do, yeah. Um, I, I, I usually think about it really carefully uh, before I do a recap of my day, before I, I'm, I, um, I tell the, the, the doc watchers what's happening. I'm like, okay, this is the kind of information that I'm going to give away what uh you know what's going to happen if that information gets to the competition how can they use it like for example on, on the three peaks uh i had a really hard time one night and i i started getting injured and my achilles were uh, were killing me and uh, and my left knee started to to hurt as well and and i thought of, uh, of quitting and and i thought okay Will I share this with uh, with uh, the dot watchers and, and my followers? And and if I share this, what what can be the the outcome? You know, and and yes, it's 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 a sport of strategy. It's a sport also where um, you know the, the 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 mental aspect is is really important. And sometimes when you know that the competition is hurting, it, it can help you. It can can boost your morale and. And right. if you be like, okay, I get, uh, I get this. The, the the guy behind is 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 hurting, and and I'm I feel well. So so yeah, I I take this in consideration, and then I'm like, okay, um, should I share this? And if I feel like it's it's okay for me to share it, like 
I will, and some some of the other information I may not. I may I may not tell tell the people that I don't know my feet are bothering me or stuff like that. Like it is it really so it's strategic. You think about it. Yeah, I do. I do think about it, and it's 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 really just a, a matter of where I am, where the competition is, and how they could eventually uh, uh, use this the the information that I'm that I'm giving to uh, to the public well let's talk about your three peaks because that's actually um well specifically when you because on the three peaks is when you did share that you were thinking about uh quitting um and and that's whenever it kind of came on my radar like huh i wonder if he should be talking about that you know on instagram and so that's actually why i asked the question so what was going on and why did you share that um so what was going on actually i mean it's rare that i that i really think of quitting um uh, because you know it's that's not why we 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 do events we do events to to cross the finish line whatever it takes but yeah i mean the the three peaks came a month exactly a month after i finished the hope 1000 and the hope 1000 is brutal brutal race uh, it's it's a short one, but it has like three percent average uh, gradient climbing. I mean, you you pretty much spent all your time climbing. You know, in Switzerland and the and the gradients are just like ten to twelve percent, and the going is is extremely slow, and it it takes a lot of time to recover from this. And uh, and a month was definitely not enough. Uh, where I've I had to to take a, a a long period of rest after the Hope 1000, and I wanted to get back in shape, uh, probably like 10 days before the three peaks. But I got, I got a bit sick at that time, and I couldn't train. And basically, the only training that I got for the three peaks was just three days of riding to the start. I just, I just took a train to the the German border, then I rode across Germany to the Austrian border, and then I was on a train to Vienna. And, and basically, my, my training was like 500K, which is like 300 miles of, of, or 250 miles of just, you know, riding to the start. And then the, the, the race started, and, and there, were, there was like two really, really great competitors that were there, which was uh, Bjorn Leonard, uh, which is well known for his, uh, a number of TCR uh, podium finishes, and Ulrich Barcelona's who won three bikepacking races last year. And I knew that we, I had to start and, and give it, you know, all I got as soon as the, as the, as it started and, and that the first day would be crucial. And, uh, yeah, despite the, the, the lack of training, I, I gave it all I got and I pushed really hard on the pedals. And, and also I did, I did the mistake, uh, choosing my gearing while well, my lowest gear, was uh, 36, 32, which was, which is probably okay if you're going for a uh, thousand uh, k or 600 miles in in, uh, in a, a country other than Switzerland. But Switzerland <laughs> has, has just crazy gradients, and and at some point after after Switzerland, when I crossed the border, got to France, just my Achilles were fucked, and 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 uh, I knew that. Uh, it was a problem. It's, I mean, it's one thing to 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 finish a race like with your with your legs completely fucked up. I mean, we, we've all been there, 
But my problem was that I knew that I only had 10 days between uh, the Three Peaks and the French Divide. And I really, really, really wanted to do the French Divide. And when I when it started to hurt real bad, I was like, okay, I probably can finish this race, the Three Peaks, but maybe I might just finish it and finish it in such a bad shape that I'm going to have to you know, bail on the French divide and that that would really suck, you know. So this is why I was considering quitting. I was not considering quitting because I was hurting. I was considering quitting because I was putting the rest of my season in jeopardy and it's not something that I wanted to do. And yeah, I mean, I was actually I felt okay talking about it uh, because I was like, okay, what's the worst that can happen? I mean, the, the information can can uh, uh, filter to to the, the lead and you know sometimes what happens is that you're in the lead you hear that the guy behind you is, is hurting and you know you feel a, a bit less pressure and um, and you slow down a little bit I mean that was that's what I thought so I was like okay I don't think I don't think this kind of information can hurt me and this is why I actually chose to to release it to my followers. Yeah, well, it was interesting, like following along because you posted something along the lines of "I'm I'm thinking about quitting." I don't remember exactly. And then later on in your stories, you 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 clarified or or mentioned that this is what you were grappling with. I mean, you just came off of the Hope One Thousand. Um, you went into Three Peaks not a hundred percent already, and you really wanted to do well on the French Divide. So it was it was just a matter of managing your body and 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 what you wanted to accomplish right i mean you had a big goal on the french divide which we're obviously going to get into and so you know as a fan i'm like oh, i don't know what you should do yeah. <laughs> but it was, yeah it was kind of it was neat you know just as a fan to be watching and to understand what you were you know grappling with the things that were going through in your head um I don't know. So I, I was curious about that. Yeah, and I mean, I, I had I had some followers giving me advice, and some were telling me, "Well, you know, you shouldn't put you shouldn't put the rest of your season and the French Divide in jeopardy. If you feel like you're hurting too much, uh, you, you should probably quit and just rest, and then get get to to this French Divide, which is you know more like your kind of racing because it's off road and because it's it's you know." hard and 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 you're gonna you're gonna get all that all that grit and this is the kind of races where you shine more than the the road tarmac aspect of of uh of bike packing which is not what you're accustomed to and not where you usually have the most fun so you you probably should you know bail on the three peaks to to save your chances of to to shine on the on the french divide and and I, I kind of understood what they were saying, and then I was like, okay, but maybe I can, maybe there's something that I can, that I can try. Maybe I can just, you know, start, stop pushing like a madman, and and you know, the fact that I was out of Switzerland and and that I was in France, and 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 the 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 gradients there in France are are usually uh, uh, more forgiving than the ones in Switzerland, so. With my gearing, there was still a possibility that I could kind of recover from from the uh, the, the injury that I suffered in, in Switzerland, and just uh, you know take it a bit easier, get 
get more sleep, be a, a little less, a little slower, and just and just finish and try to hang on to that second place. Just try to keep uh, Bjorn Leonard at bay. And I mean, I, I usually don't show up on races to finish second, but you know, it's better to finish second than not to finish. And and it's still it's still a good result, you know, when you when you look at, at what the the winner did, Ulrich Batalmos, he, he posted just an incredible time. Yeah, and he really, really did. He did, and there's just no I mean, there's no shame in in, in losing to such such a, a, a great athlete and such a great performance and and I was like, okay. I mean, when I, I thought it, I, I was, I was in, uh, in, in too much pain to, to keep the space. I was like, okay, I'm gonna let him go, and I'm, and uh, I'm just gonna try and, and finish as fast as I can while, while trying to, to recover from, from the injuries that I, uh, that I suffered in Switzerland. Before we get to the French Divide. Let, let's just go through your 2020 race season real quick. Um, and you might have to help me, but did you, you started the year at, at Atlas? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Was that your first? Yeah. Okay. So, uh, we started at, you started at Atlas, got first place three yeah. days, 21 hours. Obviously that's the fastest time, uh, cause it was the first year and you had Mr. Hayden in second place, uh, that gave you a pretty good, Pretty good run there. Yeah, he did. Can you just, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I'm curious. I, I had him on the podcast not too long ago. He's a really, a really sharp guy, and obviously a really fast guy. Um, Y'all share joint first at the 2019 Italy Divide. I'm just curious. You know, do you consider him your biggest competition, or, or do, do, who do you see as your biggest competition? Well, I, I, uh, I raced against James uh, twice. And so, yeah, obviously, once we we finished together, and uh, and the second time, I, I was lucky enough that I finished ahead of him. But he was he was really on my tail. I mean, he he finished really strong, where I kind of faded towards the the finish. And at some point, I had I, I think uh, I opened up a five hour gap, and towards the end, it was only two hours. So um, I mean, James is a James is a great great guy. And I consider him a friend, and and but yeah, it's it's probably my uh, I would say my number one competition. I would say yeah. yeah, it's gonna be I'm you know as again as a fan, uh, you know he just graduated, uh, and so now he's able to you know train full time, and he's really uh, gonna give it a go. So I think you know the races coming up are gonna be really you know fun, and I have to assume I mean you you want to be the best, right? So. Uh, you can only be the best if you beat beat the best, and you need people who are pushing you and and competing. And so, um, I can't imagine that this bothers you. I, I I I mean, how do you view it? Just as a comp competition? That's, I mean, the what's happening to this sport is absolutely amazing. I mean, uh, um, as I was uh, uh, telling uh, a friend not too long ago, when I first came to this sport in 2016 on the Tour Divide. Basically, what I did and, and, and what we did with uh, Kevin Jacobson, um, we were tied for third place in 2016 behind uh, the late Mike Hall and, and single speeder legend Chris Blesko. And basically what we did uh, in 2016, we just kept trucking. The, the, the thing we did was just keep moving as, 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 as long as we could, just stay consistent, 
and, and this would at that time four years ago you would secure a podium finish if you just you know keep moving uh this is no longer the case now the competition is 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 fierce there's more and more people doing this uh better people they're better trained they have you know better knowledge of the of the sport of the endurance of the ultra and now if you just keep moving that's not enough you, you might secure a top 10 but you're never going to secure a top 10 uh, a top three a podium finish so the sport is evolving real fast and and like if you look at what i did on the ad last month and so it was like I, I think i kind of had it figured out that okay if i just don't sleep keep my my uh off my time off the bike to a minimum then yeah i should be able to win any race and then i showed up on the hope, hope 1000 and i got my uh ass kicked you know i uh i barely slept i slept actually i slept less than on the on the Atlas Mountain Race, um, and I tried to keep my uh, my my time off the bike to a minimum, and yet yeah, I still finished two hours behind the winner, Jochen Berringer. Uh, so yeah, the, the the sport is moving, and if you look if you look at at for example the Silk Road Mountain Race last year, total you know stranger, Jack Hoopsley, I can't know nobody had ever heard of him. And the guy comes to to the Silk Road, and he finishes ahead of Lowa Cox, JP, James Hayden. Well, obviously James Hayden had some 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 troubles, so it's we we never know what could have happened if, if James Hayden ran into troubles. But still, I mean, fairly impressive that you guy you you never heard of just just finishes ahead of of just legends of the sport. So yeah, I I, I think this the sport is evolving real fast. And you can't really rely on on what whatever you have, you know, developed over the years. You need to keep evolving with the sport. You need to to find new ways of of being faster. Of maybe, uh, I mean, I was gonna say to sleep less, but let's be honest, I can't <laughs> I can't do that. <laughs> but well, yeah. we're gonna talk more about sleep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so, definitely. but yeah, I mean. It, it, but it's great, you know. It's great to to know that you have to be on your toes all the time, all the time. I mean, you can show up on a uh, on a race and you look at the roster and you don't know anyone, and it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean that in these guys that you don't know, there might be someone that is gonna, you know, give you a, a run for your money. You know, it's gonna it's gonna be there, just like what happened on the French Divide, and and, and what happened on the on the Hope One Thousand, and, and and just uh, yeah, and even even if you look at the at the Three Peaks, what what Irwish did, I think sleeping just this this amount, which was really uh, really little, very little amount of sleep, and being this fast. I don't think it was a, it, it has ever been done before. So yeah, I mean, everyone has to step up. Everyone has to look at what ev everyone else is doing and be like, okay, the game now is changing, and if, if, if anyone wants to stay on top, you know, I think we're gonna have to work hard, really, really hard to 
to keep doing what we do and, and, and being at the top of the sport. How do you how do you see it evolving? So I mean, just you know, you compare 2016 to 2020. That's four years, and the the amount of competition, the level of competition, is so much greater than it was just four years ago. But yet, you know, we're pu- pushing the limits of, God, you have to be pushing the limits of sleep or lack of sleep, speed. We're, do you have any inclination on where we'll be at in four years from now, or or how the race can continue to evolve? Um, I'm thinking that in four years, what we're going to see is on the shorter races like the Atlas or Three Peaks or the Hope 1000, the, the races that last around four days, uh, we're going to see pretty much um, all, the, all the guys that finish uh, in the top three or top five or even top ten, uh, very little sleep, very, very little sleep. Um, and then uh, winning is going to mean both sleeping very little, taking very little time off the saddle, and being super fast. I mean, this is the way that, yeah, this is the way I see it. That, I mean, so many people are coming to the sport. And, it, when it, you know, the more people you have and, and the more, you know, strong people you have, it's just a, it's just a simple number game. But yeah, if I if I believe what's happening right now, and if you look at, at performances like like the one uh, that Rowish uh, uh, showcased, or or even the winner of the of the Hope One Thousand, Jochen, um, yeah, just just not sleeping and not taking time off the bike is not going to be enough. You're going to have to be fast as well. Yeah. What about like equipment choices? I mean, I assume, you know, manufacturers are going to continue to obviously improve. Bikepacking is continuing to grow as a sport, which means money's going to be thrown at it. Um, I, I'm assuming, I don't know what they are, but I'm assuming as we go on, uh, gear choices, lighter bikes, better tires, whatever it may be. Do you think that'll, uh, have a factor as well? Or do you think it's more about the people that are, are pushing it? What I'm thinking is, is if you take two athletes that are, are equal or really close, then the, the bike can make a bit of a difference. But I still believe that in this sport, the sport of bike packing, uh, uh, the gear and the bike will not be a, a determining factor, you know, because it's, it's just such long races i mean maybe in 20 years the 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 gaps between the competition will be so little that even the 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 bike will be important but where we are now and where we will be in a few years i don't think that the bikes and the gear will matter that much yeah all right so how did the uh the pandemic and COVID and everything impact you obviously you start off the year really good at atlas mountain uh, and then we got hit with the pandemic. Um, yeah, it's kind of been a crazy year, but obviously it messed up your plans. Did it impact your training? Like, what did you do to stay sharp and, and keep at it while you were locked down? Yeah, well, it, it has it had obviously a big big influence on, on my season and on my training. So what happened in front is that they actually banned recreative cycling. So there was no way that you, you could actually train outside. And I'm not the kind of guy that that is gonna train on a on a trainer. I just, I mean, I don't, <laughs> I don't ride my my bike inside. You know, riding a bike for me is, is the the purpose of riding a bike is to be outside. So, Amen. Yeah, yeah my kind I'm, of rider. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna just just pedal in my uh, in my garage. <laughs> I can't do it. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, I mean, yeah, uh, obviously. So yeah, it's it, it had a big impact on my training. I mean, to be honest, I would I would still sneak out sometimes to to ride my bike a little bit and, and, and try to not get caught by the police. But it's just it's just not the same, you know, you can't really have the same training when you when you have to sneak out or or go out for overnighters and and uh yeah, I mean the the first so the first part of the of the, of the problem was the training and then the second part was just that all of the races that I signed up for were, were canceled or postponed, you know? My my big big uh goal for twenty twenty was uh, obviously coming back on the tour divide and tried to set the new record. And yeah. uh yeah. Didn't happen. Yeah that that's a bummer. Yeah it is. I mean it's, it's sure I think it would have been a really good tour divide year, I have a feeling, you know. I think it yeah, would have been a really I mean, good field. If it, if it happens if it happens in twenty twenty one, it's gonna be huge. I mean I'm hearing names yeah, I'm hearing names that I mean I like to hear. I mean, it could be. I mean, 2021 could be the biggest tour divide in history. It can be. I mean, you could have. I mean, last year we had just a who's who of of riders showing up, and and next year it could be even bigger. I can't wait. You're giving me giddy. Yeah. How much time was so your first race back in 2020 was the Hope 1000? Yeah. So yeah, I uh, after the the. Let, let me ask you race. this question real quick. How how much time between, you know, when they relieved the ban on recreation cycling, how much time did you have to train before, like that race was, I think, June 20th. So how much, do you know how much time you had to actually train for that race? 40 days. 48? 40 days. 40 days. 40 Is that days, pretty yeah. good? Like how... How were how were you feeling going into that race? Did was that a good enough training training block, or did you go in, you know, yeah, not, I mean, not quite? I was not a hundred percent. I mean, it's it's just uh, staying so long off the bike, and, and and then having forty days to to get back to uh, your race shape It's just. I mean, what I did before the last mountain race, and what I did before the Hope One Thousand is. Just completely, completely different training, and I know that I showed up on the Atlas Mountain Race way sharper than than uh, on the whole one thousand. Yeah, well, you're a freaking animal, dude. It's I, I I'm just picturing you um, in Paris in a lockdown. Now I didn't know you couldn't ride your bike. Now I know you couldn't ride your bike for a considerable amount of time, and you just went on a tear. tear. And for anyone who doesn't know. Uh, you did the Hope 1000 June 20th, then July 10th, less than a month later, three peaks, and then like a month to the day after that, uh, the French Divide. Is it? So, I mean, you, it was like you were stir crazy and you were going to race everything you get your hands on. Was that kind of the, like, what was your approach? <laughs> what happened is like, so we were, we were locked down. COVID happened. Every race is were. were canceled one after the other or postponed and for about a couple months we had no idea what was going to happen you know and the first race that i heard of that was going to be held was the hope 1000 i was like this is my chance i mean i had a whole 
you know, whole schedule of races that, that I had worked on after the Atlas Mountain Race and, and a whole bunch of events that I wanted to do. And I ended up doing nothing. And, and there was the, the, the whole 1000. It was the first race that actually happened uh, uh, after the lockdown. It was the first one. And I was like, okay, it's the first. I'm going to do it. I don't care. I, mean, I, I don't even know what this is. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm just going to go there. I mean, I was not even sure that the border was going to be open. I mean, you have, I had to cross a, a, a border to get the, the Swiss border. But I mean, I, I wrote to the to the organizer and was like, "I want to do this." Um, I mean, there are talks that the border is going to open on on June 15th, and if it's the case, then I can show up. So if you can get me a stop a, a spot, I'll, I'll I'll take a spot. And yeah, and then I was like, "Okay, any race that I can do, I'm going to do it." And I signed up for for these three races because I was like, "I'd rather I'd rather race too much than too little." I mean. For, for so long, I was afraid that that my season was gonna, you know, be just the Atlas Mountain Race. That when the the opportunities present presented themselves, I was like, yeah, I mean, you, you, you have to do it. And I mean, I love to do it. Let's be honest. I yeah, love you to love show. This shit. Yeah, I just love to show up and compete. I mean, it's 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 what I do, and I'm, I feel so I feel so good when I do it. So I was like, okay, it's it's I knew it was too much. I knew that there was no way that I would be able to perform 100% on three races in two months. It's impossible. But I was like, I'd rather do it than just be reasonable and do one race. You know, I don't have, I don't want to choose. Well, why not? I mean, it's an opportunity to get out, ride your bike, race, and also, I mean, you're you're kind of learning. I have to assume this is the furthest you've ever pushed yourself in a short amount of time to do these three big races in a short amount of time, not going in trained a hundred percent, not having, you know, the ability to recover a hundred percent and, and train for the next one. I mean, it's really a, you know, it's a big challenge that you took on. So I have to think that, yeah, maybe you weren't a hundred percent, but you still learn about yourself. You learn about what you're capable of when you're not at a hundred percent. Right. So exactly. I can't imagine the, the, being other thing. Go ahead. That's, that's a really interesting thing to do. You know, I mean, we know so little about, about this sport. We know so little about the athletes and, and, and the way that the, the bodies of the athlete can actually endure this, these efforts and the, and the sleep deprivation and the 20 hours on the saddle every day and stuff like that. I mean, it's just so new that there's still a ton of stuff that we need to learn. And, and, you know, part of, of learning that comes from just experimenting. And I was like, okay, I have no idea how I'm going to perform. But, I mean, I don't care. Nobody, if I, if I do it, like if I do the whole 1,000, then a month later, the, the three peaks, and then 10 days later, the French Divide. And if I just can't, you know, perform on the French Divide, who's going to say anything? Who's going to... Yeah, nobody's gonna be nobody's gonna be stunned. You know, people will be like, "Yeah, well, I'm 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 not really surprised that he that he can't do anything on the French Divide. He just came out of two races." So, I, but it's like, but if you do those two races and then you come and get first place and set a course record after that, then it makes you a badass. That's pretty badass. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, 
I mean, I, I was not even that brave because it was I was I would just I just only had you know I could only win you know I mean there was no pressure for me and if I if I didn't do well then it was okay and if I did well then it was just great. So, so let's no let's talk about the French divide. How were you feeling going into at the starting line? How were you feeling coming off the three peaks? And yeah, what were your expectations, goals, all that kind of stuff? Well, the, the yeah, first day of the of the French divide, I knew that I would have to, to pretty much race the whole race with just my head because my legs weren't there. Just uh, yeah, no, the legs. I mean, usually. usually when it's the start of a race, uh, uh, when you get that first first climb, first steep climb, and, and there's a there's a two, three, four guys that I'm riding with, I just uh, yeah, I'm I'm ahead, I'm ahead, and and they and they never catch me afterwards. And yeah, first day of the French Divide, they were just hanging on because I had nothing. I mean, my legs were gone. So yeah, first day of the French Divide, I was like, okay, this. I mean, this one, this race, if I do good, it's not, it's not going to be with the legs. It's going to be with the head. And, and it, was, it was really hard from the beginning because it was terribly hot. Uh, we had a heat wave in France at that time. I mean, right, it started like the day before the race. The race started on a Sunday for me. And the, and the Saturday was the beginning of the heat wave. It was like 100 degrees. And it was just killing me, you know. I mean, I'm not, I'm not good with the heat. And yeah, first off, I'm, I'm, I was, I was really fatigued from three peaks. And yeah, then with the heat, it was even worse. So I can say I had a, I can say I had a really good first day. I mean, at some point, I remember stopping. I mean, you, you probably have seen the, the story on Instagram where I was, just, uh, I stopped in a cemetery, and and yeah, I was just pouring water all over my face and trying to to get the, the temperature of my body down a little bit just to be able to function, you know. At some point when you when the temperature of your body rises too much, you just stop functioning. There's nothing you can do. And and yeah, I mean the first Were four you days, concerned on that first were you concerned on day one? Uh well I guess you said you didn't have a, a lot of pressure, but I mean still, I mean you want to do well. Were you concerned about your ability to to perform and to finish or Yeah, I mean I was I was very concerned about the about the heat. Uh, uh, because I've, I've suffered from the heat before on a race and I know that it can, it can just, you know, if you, if you have that heat stroke, uh, you, you're just going to stop for 12 hours. It's just, it's just going to take 12 hours of your time. And then you're going to have another six hours where you're going to be able to ride, but it's going to just take you six hours to get back to some sort of, some sort of shape where you can actually ride at a decent pace. So I was, I was really concerned about the heat. And I tried to drink as much as possible. And the first four days of the race, which were the, the, the days of the heat wave, uh, for me, was just about surviving. I mean, at that time, I was not trying to do well. I was just trying to, you know, be consistent and, and just survive and see what would happen. But it was, it was really hard. I mean, day one, day one, yeah, I had probably two to four hours where I just couldn't do anything. I mean, I was, I was, I was still pedal, but my pace was really, really slow. And then day two was about uh, the cramps. I had cramps, a, a lot of cramps on day two. Uh, just, just, just a hard time keeping the, 
the the um, fluids and 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 the, and the salts in my body and just being really depleted from the heat. Uh, day three was a little bit better. It was cloudy, but I mean, still I had a really conservative pace. And day four was ter- terrible. I mean, at some point I remember this climb. It was like almost 100 degrees, no shade at all. Uh, the, the, the heat of the day, I mean, it was probably 2 p.m. And I had a tailwind. And that tailwind is terrible, terrible, because the, the little, you know, uh, uh, movement, the little wind that you create when you're, when you're cycling, and that helps you, you know, helps cool your body down with the, with the sweat, then it's just, it's just canceled by the, by the tailwind, you know, it's like, it's like you were just, oh. yeah, it's like you're just standing there. It's it like makes it's, sense. Yeah. Yeah. If it's, it's the wind like, you're creating is being canceled by the wind that's pushing you. Exactly. And it's, it's like, it, it's like you're just standing there on the, on, and, it, and it was a paved climb. And so it was like standing there on tarmac straight in the sun during the heat wave. And I felt, I mean, that, that, that time I felt, no, this is not good. Something is happening that, that I'm not going to be happy with. And then the next village, I spotted a fountain. And, and I stopped there. It was, there was a little bit of shade. And I, I just sat there, started pouring water all over my face and then on my jersey and, and then drinking lots. And I was still felt extremely weak. And I decided to take a nap. Uh, and I, I napped for probably, I don't know, 10 to 15 minutes. And just, yeah, the goal was just to try to, to again, take the, the, the body temperature down as much as possible and then also, you know, get lots of fluid. And, and I had some, some, uh, some um, uh, little uh, salt uh, tablets that, that were really important when it's, when it's really, really hot and you sweat a lot. You know, with the sweat, you, you get rid of a little of a little uh, of a lot of salt, sodium, magnesium, stuff like that that you absolutely need to replace in your body. Because if you just drink the water and you don't you get, will die. yeah, I mean, it's I mean, it's just it's still going to be depleted because you don't have you don't have the the, the sodium, the magnesium, and all, all all the all these minerals that you need. So well, you can literally die if you don't replenish that. I can't remember what that's called. Um, but I know a guy who died because he was just drinking water, not uh, on a bike. He was actually doing this crazy canoe trip um, in Texas where it's hot as fuck. And uh, he I was mean, just drinking exer- water. Exerting yourself in, in 100 degrees heat is no joke. It's absolutely no joke. You can most certainly no. die if you're not careful. Yes. I mean, the, we, we had on the race uh, someone that ended up in the hospital with kidney failure. It's, oh, it's just no, yeah, yeah, it's just no joke. It's it's a really really dan- it's really dangerous conditions. You have to be extremely careful, and you have to be organized, and you have to be concerned every minute that you're out there during this day. And you have to have your 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 salt tablets and, and lots of fluid. And and yeah, and that 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 fourth day, which was the last of the dog days, um, yeah, that moment after that that paved climb, I was I was in. in I was in, in distress, man. I was in real distress, and and um, I, I mean, I stopped. Do you think? I mean, do you think it's your experience that allowed you to like keep going? I mean, obviously, you're aware of you know what your body was going through, and you were trying to give it what it needed while still racing. I mean, everybody else is dealing with with the same stuff. So, do you think? I don't know. Maybe your experience and your ability to like think through that kind of 
kind of helped? Yeah, it's 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 definitely an, an experience stuff because uh, I did I did that mistake before in a race of you know pushing myself way too hard when it was really hot and not listening to my body when it was telling me, dude, you need to slow down, and and I ended up you know spending twelve hours in a hotel room trying to sleep, not being able to sleep, drinking tons of water and then as soon as i would drink it i would go to the toilet and 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 just you know piss whatever amount of water that i drank and it's just it would just go through my body without doing anything because it was was not a matter of 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 the water my my body needed the 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 minerals the, the sodium the magnesium and all the other the other minerals that it needs to function and 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 at the same time, I was I was just nauseous and I couldn't eat, and so I knew that the the the, the heat was something that was really serious, something that you should not you should not you know take lightly, and I was like, okay, now I I feel that things are are not good. I don't like to stop, you know. I don't like to stop for 15, 20, 30 minutes. This is not something that I like to do. But then I was like, okay, what's what's better to stop for thirty minutes or to stop for twelve hours? Because now, if I don't stop now, if I don't get the the, the temperature of my body, if I don't get it down now, if I don't replenish my my minerals and my fluids, and if I don't rest a little bit, then I'm not gonna I'm I'm not gonna stop for thirty minutes. I'm gonna I'm just, just gonna collapse, and I have I'm gonna have to stop for twelve hours. So that that's and where that were way. you at this point in the race? I mean, you're leading. How much of a gap do you have, or where were you at exactly? Do you remember? I was I was in second place, and I was trying to to catch the the first guy, uh, the first person guy leaving. And, and, and what so kind of gap did he have on you? He had like I, I would say probably two hours. It's not it's not a ton, but you have somebody that you know if you stop for thirty minutes is going to gain thirty minutes on you that you got to make up an hour. Yeah, exactly, and that's that's the kind of, the kind of pressure that you have in these races, and especially me, where I like to be ahead. I don't I don't like. I mean, if you if you have like guys like Josh Cato, he likes to be you know chasing, where I like I I'd rather be chased. I'd rather be in the lead, and mm-hmm. I don't I don't really like to chase. So I I felt that pressure of you know not stopping, but still I was like, okay, I don't like to stop, but now is the time where I have to. Yeah. Okay. So how did it go from there? Yeah, then the next day was okay. Um, the next day, the, the the temperature dropped, and uh, I uh, I was able to to you know function properly. I mean, if there's one thing that's cool with my body is that I, I have the ability to recover quickly. Uh, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. So whatever happens, I mean, some some people if you get into that that you know, the stress from the heat and, and you, and you, the, the temperature of your body rises too much, then you, you're gonna, you're gonna be fucked for, I don't know, six, well, whatever hours. Yeah. Everybody's different. You're right. Yeah. I mean, everybody's different. So exactly. But I have the, the, I have the ability to re, to recover quickly. So yeah, the next days were definitely way better. I mean, when the, the heat wave was over I mean, I was, I was just happy that I had survived. I mean, I knew that it was going to be <laughs> terrible for four days, and I knew that it was going to be concerned for four days. 
because I don't do well with the heat. And yeah, I was just happy that this was over and, and that the race, the rest of the race would, would have, you know, uh, better temperatures. So how did it go? How was, I mean, the, the, you know, for anyone who doesn't know is eight days, nine hours and 41 minutes was your time. So this was a longer race, you know, the other ones being, you know, three, four day races or yeah. closer to four day races. Um, yeah. So there's still a lot of race left. So how did the rest go? Um, it was, it was, uh, it was, I mean, the, 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 the heat still, um, you know, does stuff to your body that you're going to have to, to deal with afterwards. And then we had, we had, uh, storms at night. Uh, so basically it was like too hot during the day and then too wet during the night. <laughs> and, oh and, and, yeah. and the storms, the storms will slow me down as well. Um, I, I really like to take care of my feet because I've had uh, experiences in past races where I just completely destroyed my feet by uh, cycling with wet feet. Uh, yeah. And I don't like to have wet feet for too long because I know that it's going to be, it's going to be a problem. So whenever there's storms, whenever I get my, my feet wet, then it slows me down because as soon as I can, I stop and I, and I change socks and I put some, some baby powder in there and I try to get as much humidity as possible out of the shoes and, and it's a, it's a lengthy process, you know, just taking care of your feet. And since sometimes you have to just, you know, air them out and make sure that they dry. And, and so, I mean, the, the, the beginning of the race, we had really, really adverse and slow conditions, um, losing probably an hour, an hour and a half uh, every day to the heat. And then losing probably another hour to, to just, uh, I mean, for me, at least. Losing another hour just to to make sure that I would not destroy my feet by 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 cycling with wet shoes. Would you uh do you take advantage of that time if you're airing out? Do you take a nap and 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 or do you you know do you maximize that time? Well, it depends the, the, of the time of the day. Uh, I did take a nap in the morning. Uh, I think it was the day day three, um, day three or four. And I mean, obviously. So it's hard to to keep track of the days, and it's always confusing after these races when you don't sleep much. <laughs> yeah, I can but, imagine. Yeah, but, I'm, I'm impressed your recollection is as as good as it is. <laughs> you know, considering. But yeah, I, I remember taking a uh, taking a nap uh, in the morning, so it was it was, it was starting. The, the sun was out. And since it was still the dog days, it was it was pretty hot. I mean, even though it was early morning, and I just took my took my shoes off, took my socks off, and just slept for for about 10, 10 15 minutes, and 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 yeah, allowed my uh, my feet to to dry a little bit. And it was fun because there was a house there, and uh, when I woke up, I noticed that the the the, the lady that lived lived in the house was uh, was actually uh there and she looked a little bit worried so i showed that yeah i was, I was still alive and i was not in a coma on the side of the road and then she uh, uh, that's funny yeah and then she offered me coffee and, uh, and we, we shared a cup of coffee and we, and we talked a little bit and, and that's that's one thing that was amazing about this race is how nice the people are and it's something right, that you posted to, say, a lot, yeah. to be honest i was i was really not aware that the french were so nice 
I live there, by the way. <laughs> I mean, in, in, in the part where I live, which is called Parrot, they are not that nice. Definitely yeah. not. But then, yeah, when you, I mean, I would say it's, it's probably like the US when you're in New York or yep. Los Angeles and, and, yep. and, 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 and nobody cares about you. And then as soon as you get inside the country, I mean, in, in these, in the plywood states and stuff like that, then wow, people are just so friendly there. So it's 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 a little bit like that in France as well, where people were were extremely friendly all the time, and and I remember yet, I mean, that that same day where I had this uh, this uh, uh, kind of distress, where I was you know sitting near that town in this little village. A little bit afterwards, I came into another tiny tiny village, and there was this woman that she was and she was going home, and I was riding with another guy called Fabian. And and she and she saw us and she was like, "Hey, do you want me to hose you down?" And we were like, "Yeah, <laughs> sure, let's do that." <laughs> and yeah, we just went into her garden and she took out the hose and she she sprayed us with the cold water and it was the best, man. It was really oh the best. Gosh. It was it was a hundred degrees out there and we had the cold water and she she filled up our bottles and then we. We were on our way, and for about an hour, we felt so great because because the clothes were wet and the wind were creating bicyclings. Right. It kept us cool, and so yeah, I mean, we have a bunch of really really nice people out there. That did well. That's really, good to hear. You just got to get outside of Paris, and you'll run into it's. And it is like that in Texas too. I mean, get outside of the the big cities, and you know, people are a lot more friendly. Yeah. At, at some point during the race, I mean, you went into it without. I mean, obviously, obviously wanting to do your best, but um, not knowing how you would perform, you went on to set the course record. So I have to assume, like at some point, did your did did your you regain your strength and you started feeling really good, and and did your mindset change, or or what was your strategy like halfway through the race? So basically, what happened day one, I was not real in race mode. You know, it's it's. Uh, it's the north of France, and, and people are probably not aware of that, but the north of France is where is the place in France where the people are the most warm and welcoming. So when you start the race, there's people everywhere, and I had, I had friends coming over to cycle for, with me a little bit, and, and I had uh, um, just dot watchers everywhere, and you would, and, you would, and obviously, I mean, if I see a friend, I'm going to stop and I'm going to say hi, you know. Uh, it's it's a race, but it's still friends. So yeah, day one, I was not really willing to get into race mode. You know, I was just half there. I mean, I, I had no idea I would be able to perform. I just wanted to take it easy. I was I was riding with the with the guy called Antoine, and and it was a, it was a cool dude, and we were, we were chatting. And whenever I would see a friend, I would stop and chat a little bit. And so. It took actually probably two to three days for me to to get really into race mode, you know, where that 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 you know state of mind where I just don't stop. I just uh, every every time where I'm off the bike, there's this I hear this clock ticking. It took me a little time to get there, and you know, I had I knew the 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 times of the record at the checkpoints. So when I showed up at the first checkpoint, I was like, oh, yeah, okay. So I was not really in race mode, but I'm still, you know, two hours uh, uh, back, you know, so it's, uh, 
means that I probably still had a good day. And then I showed up at the second checkpoint and I was only an hour back, you know, from so oh, wow. I was like, okay, so I, I can I can still do it. I mean, um, I knew that it was not it was not about the legs, definitely. But I came to this race with the uh, the will to to try out a, a new sleep strategy. So even though if I even though I was not in race mode and even though I was not sure what I was doing, I was like, okay, so any any race is always a, a, a testing ground. And my my uh, my strategy for this race was to to sleep every other night, and um, yeah, I think the the was that, that well, I did I did the math. I you you slept well. You said on Instagram you slept seventeen hours, which comes out to about two hours per day. So were you sleeping four hours every other day? Yeah, that, I was. Tr- that's what I was trying to do. Actually, my my uh, my strategy was to try and get a hotel every every other night and then sleep for four hours and whenever i was not in a hotel just just do power naps every time that i felt that i was falling asleep on the bike so that was that was my strategy okay and and just just by implementing this strategy and by uh, uh still being consistent and 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 having this discipline of you know never sitting down for a meal never stopping for uh, nonsense and just by doing that uh, i managed to 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 stay i was i'm pretty much for all the race i was either an hour back or an hour ahead of the record and then when yeah that's when i got to mid-race uh and i was that was an hour ahead of the record i was like okay this is this is four days of racing now i mean i'm tired but by that time, everyone is as tired as I am. You know, nobody's fresher than I am. Than I am. I mean, whatever happened during these four days, uh, we are all, you know, at at this this level of of fatigue that it doesn't matter that I only had ten days to recover, because I mean, now with whatever the the, the amount uh, um, of race that we have covered. Just everybody's tired, and whether it was the the leaving that was chasing me, or whether it was just the um, the guy that bit the record the the previous year, I knew that now it would be just a matter of not sleeping and being consistent, and uh, and not stopping too much. And that's 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 that's. I mean, I kept the 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 record in my head, and I, I would get splits from friends. I would tell them, "Oh, do you know?" When he when he was there, what time he was there, and, and how long it, did it take him to to cover you know this the the the, the track from here to there? And uh, what was the previous record? The previous record was actually like forty minutes more than what I did. I mean, I, okay, I, I so set a really new record, close. but not even for an hour. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm guessing that there's some improvement to be made on that. You could come in fresher. Uh, it could not be as hot, and you could probably see some faster times. I would assume. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, mean, I really love this race, and I'm, I'm thinking of coming back already. And there's two things that I want to do with this race. I want to do it like chill and see everything, and and spend time with the people that are on the side of the road, and when there's when there's you know nice thought watchers that are out there. Then you know, fifteen minutes with them instead of just five minutes, 
and and you know some of the some of the of the nice uh, uh, scenery that I missed because I cycled all night long that I want to see it. So this is one thing that I want to do, and the other thing that I want to do is just sub eight. I think that is doable. I think that it's going to be really hard, but I think that this course um, I can race it under eight days. Yeah, well, that'll be exciting to watch. Uh, let's let's talk about your um, your sleeping because that's that's one of the biggest areas where you seem to do very well is by just going, 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 not sleeping, not stopping. Um, is this something that you're just like naturally good at, or have you? I mean, I know you just talked about a, a different sleep strategy, so. How has the evolution of your sleep kind of come to where you are now? It's, it's, I started with it in, in, uh, as soon as I started racing, you know, 2016, my first thought about, uh, you know, some people are very consistent with their sleep. Uh, they're going to stop every night, sleep for four hours. And I, I was not like that. I mean, from the beginning, it was like, okay, I feel good. I'm not going to stop. Uh, I don't feel sleepy. I'm going to keep going. And at first, I mean, I mean, in the beginning when you do it, the next day is just terrible. I mean, I mean, I remember my first sleepless night on the tour divide. The next day, I mean, everyone that I passed during the night, the the next day they passed me because I was so slow. I just, I was just couldn't focus, and I was falling asleep on the bike, and I thought that everything was way too hard. And, and then you know you learn, and and, you, and your body and your brain they get accustomed to the sleep deprivation, and the more you push it. And, and, and the more you do it, and they're like, it's like your brain remembers, you know? It's like, oh, yeah, the, so now is the time we're not sleeping. Yeah, I can, we, we can do that. I remember how we do it. And, and you do it once, and then you do it again. And now I'm up to the point where if I go sleepless for one night, if I, if I go on an overnighter, I, I don't feel sleepy at all. For, like, for the full night, for me, it's just, yeah, I just, I just ride. And then the next day, it's okay, I ride. And... It's gonna it's gonna be challenging. From I mean, the second sleepless night is gonna be challenging, but the first one, I mean, this it's just a formality for me. I mean, now I'm I'm up to that point where I've done so much that it's just uh, yeah, it's nothing. And yeah, now it's just a matter of trying to to see how far I can push and and trying to see what exactly is optimal, you know? Because what's obviously when you when you ride all night and somebody sleeps stops for four hours you're not going to be four hours faster than you is because everyone is slower at night just, there's no way around it riding at night you're going to be slower so you ride four hours more but you probably you're probably going to be three hours faster because what, what whatever the, the the distance you covered between these four hours is probably going to take three hours to the to the guys that slept to to mm, cover it. yeah makes but, sense. But you know, it's 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 just a, sometimes a matter of making your calculation and being like, okay, should I sleep fifteen minutes, thirty minutes, one hour, two hours? What what will be the most effective thing to do? Like for example, there was one night where I I planned to not sleep, and then it started raining, and and then it's like, okay, if I ride all night. In the rain, am I am I gonna be effective? Is it is it smarter to ride all night in the rain or to grab two hours of sleep and then you you, you spend at least two hours where you're 
dry. And there's a good chance that when the sun comes up, the rain is going to stop. And then you're probably going to be, you know, more effective by riding on, on, on the dry and, and, and in the daylight. So it's, it's not always about, you know, yeah, if I keep riding all night and the guy behind me stop for four hours, then I'm going to be four hours faster. No, it's not, that's not how it works. It, it, you have sometimes to kind of, you know, be smart and be like, okay, maybe now is the time to sleep. Maybe I'm going to be faster by sleeping. And and also, I mean, it's just, I mean, even if I'm if I'm ahead of a lot of people on the on this EV privation stuff, I'm still learning, you know. And this is why I was eager to to race that race and try that strategy of sleeping every other night. And I have ideas of what I could do on the Tour de Vade and what kind of strategy I can have. And and, and I mean, it's it's uh, the the problem with the sport and 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 why it's so challenging. It's it's because you can't. Uh, reproduce the the conditions of the race in training. Nobody can train by riding for four days straight. It's just it's just impossible to 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 do that. If you're not in the concept of a race, you're not gonna ride for I don't know 60, 72 hours straight without sleep because it's just you need. You need the the yeah, adrenaline you need and that carrot, and the, yeah, of of the the context of the race. Yeah, what I hear you saying is, you know, basically, sleep is just another tool in your arsenal, and and you're learning how to you know utilize it to the best ability. And situations are always going to be different. Races are always going to be different. It could rain or whatever. Um, it could be hot, and so. It, you know what it sounds like is you're you're just really learning your body, learning how you perform with sleep, without sleep, how far you can go, and and just trying to optimize that part of your whole strategy when it comes to going into these races, and then also being able to uh, be adaptive during the race. You know, uh, as situations change, you know. Yeah, and I mean, a lot of people will tell you, well, Sofian, uh, his strengths is is a uh, lack of sleep. You know, sleep deprivation. And I will tell you, well, my weakness is sleep. And what do I mean by that? Is that if you put me outside uh, in the in the ditch and I've, I haven't slept for 60 hours, I'm not going to rest, you know? I'm not going to get a good sleep. Even though I'm exhausted, if I'm outside, if I'm, if I'm bivying, I'm not going to get a good rest. So this is one of my weaknesses. If you, if you get people like, Josh Cato, Josh Cato is going to bivy every night and he's going to get a good sleep and he's going to get a fresh start in the morning. And I can't do that, you know, so I have to adapt. I have to find ways. Like if you, if you look at the, at the tour divide last year, I, I go on this, this 60 hour stint from, from uh, uh, Banff to Elena, like 600 miles nonstop, get a hotel. Then I get uh, a, another hotel in uh um, Wise River, and then that next night I make it na- uh, close to Island Park, uh, next to the to the right after, right sorry right before the rail trail, and I I bivy in this old uh, tunnel, and I didn't get a good rest. I didn't get a good sleep. I mean I was I was still fatigued. I was still exhausted from 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 being five days in the race, but I barely slept. And I counted that as a mistake. Like you should sleep only when you can sleep. I mean, if you lay 
for three hours, four hours in your in your sleeping bag, and you don't get a good rest, then you've made a mistake. It means that you probably should have stayed in your, in your sleeping bag for an hour instead of four. So that's such an interesting way to look at it. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's just a matter of of working with your strength and your and your weaknesses. It's just matter matter of knowing what you can do and what you can't do. And, and once you know that, just trying to adapt and be like, okay, now I can't I can't find a hotel. I can't find uh, or or if it's not a hotel, just just some kind of shelter. You know, even even a a, a, a camping bathroom would be good. But if you, if I can't find you know you know four walls and a roof, then what am I gonna do? You know, am I gonna am am I gonna stop for for four hours, or am I gonna stop for an hour, or just for fifteen minutes? It's just you know trying to if you know evolve and, and be like okay. And this is why I was I was really happy to tr- to try that on 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 the French Divide because like I was like okay, this is this is a long race. What you learn on a four days race. Is different from what you learn on on the race that lasts for eight, for eight to nine days. Yeah, big time. What is uh, what's next for you? Do you do you already have? A, are you already signed up for a race? What do you got next? I wish I knew. I mean, uh, it's probably um, not going to be until October. I mean, there's. I have a couple friends that organize a, a race in Belgium, and they badly, badly wanted want me to to go there. But I mean, it's uh, I've raced you know, three races in, in two months. So I feel like I'm entitled to probably having September <laughs> off. I feel like that's fair. Yeah. I'll, I'll give it to you off right now. Take, take but, September yeah, off, Sofian. Thank you. Thanks. That's, that's really kind. Yeah, of you're you. welcome. I'm here for but, you. Yeah. I mean, October has a few races, uh, okay. probably road races. All right. All right. Shorter. Well, listen, my friend, I, uh, I, I literally have a good 10 or 15 more questions here that I could ask you. Um, you're one of my favorite people to talk to easily. You're Thanks, so man. entertaining and you're, you're man, you're a, a blessing to the sport. You know, you are pushing it forward and you're just putting it all out there, man. And, and I appreciate that. I thank you for that. And I know there's a lot of people out there that would echo that. Um, it's just, it's so fucking impressive. And, uh, congratulations on, all of your success this year and uh, looking forward to a lot more uh, racing from you and more interviews. It was, it was a pleasure to talk with you as always. Yeah. Well, take care of yourself, man. And Oh, one question though, how are you going to uh, celebrate the, the win and the course record? What are you going to do to celebrate? Uh, having a big dinner with my family tonight. Wonderful. Well, enjoy that. My friend, you earned it. I will. All right. Take care of yourself. Bye. All right, all right. That's all we got today. Um, I could have stayed on the phone with him easily for another hour or two. I had so many questions that I didn't get to, um, but that's okay. Um, I know he's always super generous with his time, so I know that I, you know, we'll definitely have to have him come back on again in the very near future, hopefully. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for being here. And just remember that sleep is really overrated. Just ride your damn bike. You load up your bike, you ride away from home. You could be with your friends or you could be alone. You ride for a day or maybe more. You just love being in the great outdoors. Everything you need is strapped to your bars, including that new pillow you got from Santa Claus. 
And then you think, oh shit to yourself. You left that super lightweight tent on the living room shelf. Bikes. 